0: and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, I'm Les Raymond with The Mindful Movement. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the podcast. Today, I was hoping to touch on just some thoughts I had about grief seems appropriate with what's going on in the world right now, I guess I find myself spending a decent amount of time and thought on the subject. I think that everyone is grieving on some level right now. And objectively, when we look at someone suffering, it's easy to say that one thing is worse than another. For instance, if you asked a large group of people, what's worse, a soldier coming back from battle that's experienced massive amounts of violence around him or a multi-billionaire losing a billion dollars, the consensus would probably be that one is worse than the other. But internally, how we experience things, there's not levels of goodness and badness. For instance, the nervous system might experience those things very similarly. Everybody's suffering, and in this case grief, is individual to them. And whatever the most stressful thing in our life is, is always the most stressful thing in our life. And right now, some people are going through some serious, large-scale grief. Uh, The loss of a loved one. They might be suffering from sickness themselves. But I think everybody is grieving from something, even if it's as little as you've lost your normal routine. like things you're used to doing... You're not doing them, probably, at least the way that you're used to doing them. And obviously, you could have lost income, health, your business, your livelihood, connections with others. Obviously, there's so many things that we could be grieving over. But some things might be really subtle. I remember when the shutdown began, I run a a local gym... And I think initially, I didn't want to think about what everything meant in regards to that. When it was shut down, it's like there was already too much to handle, just the thinking of what was going on on a larger scale and what it meant for the future for my kids and the world as a whole. I kind of went out of my way to maybe block it out, and I I entrenched myself in more sunshine and walking and a little self-involvement maybe, self-care, more time on a foam roller, more time in a salt bath, anything I could do to just relax, and when the thoughts arose, I just I didn't want to think about that side of it. I felt like it was really out of my control. I couldn't flip a switch and get the business back going. And it seemed really disorienting internally. But I found other things to do that I found helpful that I guess touch on the idea of... There's almost two, there's two sides to grief. It's the one that's grieving. And as humans that you know naturally feel connected to other humans... We're affected by the grief of another. It's built into our DNA or something. My guess there are people that aren't affected by the grief of others. But they're probably outliers. I don't know, serial killers or something. I remember something as subtle as one of my clients being sick at home with her husband and i think they were both sick and i remember trying to help and i i was i didn't have the tool set this is someone that i helped on a regular basis they were a class member of mine so i saw her two to three times a week and i was kind of in the business of helping this person navigate their movement practice the way that they train their physical body and I like that is a tool set that I'm I guess well practiced at and feel comfortable reaching into my pocket and pulling out this idea, this verbal cue, this drill, something to help. And it's like I had nothing to help. And eventually I wind up making chicken soup. There's something about I was born Jewish and I don't know if that's in my DNA, but man, I can make some chicken soup, like nobody's business. And, like, that's all I could do. I made a batch of chicken soup and dropped it off. And it reminded me of something that, man, it feels good to help someone else. And you're doing something not just for the other. It's helpful for yourself, too. And that could be looked at as, like, a selfish thing, maybe. But I don't see it that way. I think it's important to be able to do that for yourself, too. And I remember it felt good. And it might have been a drop in the bucket for, you know, what the needs were to help this person get back on track or, but it just felt good to help someone at a time of need. Grief is a funny thing. I remember I have another client that went through really a devastating situation it was the loss of a, of a child, an adult child, in a really tragic way, and I'm, I'm not. I won't go into the details, but a really, I guess you could call it a senseless act of violence, and one can only assume that the pain that arises out of something like that is just hard to imagine. You know, few people could probably. You know, you would need the best poet in the world to be able to, like, try to uh, express it in words. Like, we can't really imagine the pain that would arise experiencing something like that. And he was a a regular goer of the gym that I worked at. And this is not a big gym. So, like, when someone walks in the door, everybody knows who just walked in the door. (laughs) It's an intimate environment. Um you know it's a it's a little community in there and and this is someone that I worked with one on one and he was a the type of client that was very self motivated didn't i didn't see regularly I saw him regularly in the gym but I worked with him one on one maybe a half a dozen times a year and just kind of instead of um a more traditional one on one personal training kind of relationship it was um you know, it was a more zoomed out approach where I kind of helped them direct traffic of his program. And he was very self-motivated to just come in and do his thing and willing to work hard. And he was very uh, committed to regular practice. And it showed. I mean, um, you know, if you looked at him and you knew how old he was, you'd say, wow, you're doing it right, man. He went through this experience and It's like from someone that just knew him, knew someone that was grieving to a level that was hard to imagine. I didn't even know how to behave around him. Like he was took a few weeks off where he disappeared and we didn't see him for obvious reasons. And this is someone that, you know, walks in the gym probably three times a week. And um, and then eventually he came in. And I remember I was in the middle of a, of a class teaching, coaching like a, some young teenagers. He walked in, and it was like this moment in my life where I had never really been that close to someone that I know that had experienced that type of tragedy, and I felt. Like, my tool set was completely empty. And I I walked up, and I hugged him as some tears rolled from both of our cheeks. And I just didn't let go. It wasn't something I was used to doing, hugging a man almost twice my age in public. I don't know. I guess it's just never something I've done before I've hugged my father I'm sure I've hugged my grandfather when I was younger and it was a lesson for me personally of what else can you do but try to hold a little space for someone this act is all I have and it feels helpless like you want to do so much more but this is really all you can do to help take a smidgen of the the burden of suffering, and let that disperse maybe from them, and and just hold a little space, so there's a little more space for them to maybe smooth out that suffering. It was an interesting lesson for me. One time, I'm a I'm a lover of uh, animals for sure, and I love dogs, cats. I used to have two cats and i i lost them both and i love these cats so much and one of them was lost fairly tragically and i remember it happened a cat my cat walter was driven over in the driveway <clears throat> and it was probably and he died. He didn't die immediately. He had we had to call the vet to come out and put him down. And that, there was 20 minutes there that was probably the most stressful 20 minutes of my life. Like if it was measured by cortisol levels in my blood or whatever, that was probably it. I mean, I've done a lot of stressful things. But that was probably the moment where I had the most stress compacted into the sh- shortest amount of time. And felt completely helpless. I remember running into my house. And the first person I saw was my father-in-law. And just kind of grabbed onto him. And squeezed. My body language just begging. Just hold me up man. Don't let me fall down. It was interesting because I was reading. Something not long before that. Uh, I want to say it was from. Brene Brown, which, if you're not familiar, check her work out. Uh, Eloquent speaker and exceptional writer. But I watched something where she was talking a little bit about the difference of, I think it was empathy and sympathy. And it was an interesting display of like how to, I don't know, disassociate these two ideas. And she was touching on the idea of when somebody is experiencing grief or suffering. That the thing that you don't want to do <laughs> is say something along the lines of. At least you have that. At least you have this going on for you. Or or maybe try to make it about yourself where you. You know, tell them how it relates to something you they experienced. Like, that's going to make it better. And the thing to do there is to just hold a little space for that person. And be there for them. And listen. And maybe seek some level of understanding. And acknowledging that what they're going through is tough. And it was funny because right after... My cat died, and I told the people that are in my life, you know, the people that you just see every day, friends, clients, family, whatever, there were people, I saw it, like, around me immediately. Like, I think even my father said, you know, when I told him over the phone, well, at least you have a family that loves you. And, I mean, my father loves me, and I'm not, this is not a, me taking a shot at him. It was just interesting observation. Like that's just, you know, an example that most people I don't think really know how to hold, to handle the suffering of themselves or someone else in their life. And I remember having a client when I told him who's a, a good friend of mine who has, you know, no evil intent. He's, you know, he acted in disbelief and immediately went on to a story about how a dog died how his friend's dog died how they ran over his friend's dog in the driveway or how his friend ran over his dog in the driveway and you know in a way that it was worse as if it was just like an equation of equation of like valuing the life of a dog over the life of a cat and that that was interesting and i didn't take it personal it was just interesting to observe like how people respond to trying to, I don't know, negotiate being near someone that's gone through suffering and how we react to it. And in that case, on the flip side, and I spoke to this, I think on my first podcast, talking about one of the lessons I've learned from my mother, but my mother was the only person it seemed where when I told them about what happened, not the only, but didn't do that. Like, just, I'm so sorry for your loss and let me be here for you. What can I do? And she was far away. And she if she was there, I'm sure she would have hugged me and, and not let me get out of that hug for quite some time. So she did... Kind of the long term hug version of when you're 600 miles away and you're talking through the phone. And it was just, I don't know, ironic in my mind because very shortly before I watched this lesson on the difference of like how to respond with sympathy or empathy. And then shortly after I was in the, I felt like I was in that experience observing the human behavior around me. And now I realize like that is a, that is a tool that we could sharpen. Like, that is a skill set how to be there for somebody. And right now, it's pretty clear that we all need each other to be there for everybody. Everybody is grieving. And even though it might be different components of our lives that are affected by this, everybody's affected. And even if it might seem like a small thing, if you were looking at objectively, like your routine's out of sorts, even though you're not sick and you still have food on your table or whatever, like everybody's experiencing it in their own way. And it might be the biggest stress they've ever dealt with. Like you could see a child and their sense of vitality and youth And how vibrant they might appear as they go through their day. And maybe, you know, they don't have school now. So you think that, you know, they might feel they're on top of the world because maybe they don't like school. (laughs) And they might be enjoying this or components of the lockdown. But I'm willing to bet there's suffering going on in there, too. And there's definitely a lot of learning to do here. Learning to be better At maybe seeing the suffering in someone else and then sharpening the skill of how to hold space for that person. And what can you do to help, I don't know, spread out that suffering so it's not so edgy? Disperse it a little, smooth it out. And that might be hugs, and unfortunately, now hugs aren't the easiest things to give. You know, one thing that I'm really inspired by is just the level of giving that's going on now. Charity kind of gives you hope when you see how amazing humans could be at times times of crisis, and how much love can arise as people try to help others. I mean, I just see it on, I'm trying not to watch a lot of news now, but you know, the clips you see of just so many people helping so many other people in the healthcare field, obviously, people that are involved in kind of logistics of getting supplies to people at need. So many people at need. It's just staggering needed for the things that we just take for granted the basics food water so I'm inspired when i see <clears throat> the level of collective help that is being shown i'm going to continue myself to just look for look for opportunities to do my part and i i guess um i encourage others to do that too And even if it's some of it excuse me, even if some of it's for selfish reasons. Like it does feel good to give. I've given a little charity throughout these last couple weeks and you know, it feels good. I don't know if it's like hitting a dopamine receptor in your brain. Like you know you're doing something good, but it does feel good. I'd like to do more and I'm gonna seek ways to do so. It's interesting. It's like um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about forgiveness. I'm sure I'll do a a talk on this. But I've spent a lot of time on self-forgiveness. And I I know I've learned that (laughs) forgiveness is not really about the person you're forgiving. When you are forgiving somebody for something. It's really about freeing yourself. And I guess there's some of that concept that could carry over to this. Helping people that are grieving. I mean, you want to help. You want to help make their lives better. You want to make the world a better place on some level. And along the way, it feels good. It could be medicine for you. And maybe that could be looked at as selfish, but I don't know. I don't think I'm not going to add badness to that. I think that could be medicine. Anyway, that was some thoughts on grief (laughs) I hope that there was something in there that you found valuable and I hope you're enjoying these podcasts again I'm really grateful for your listening so far I've got a few of these out and the feedback has been really positive I guess at first I experienced a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome and I just want to say thank you for the feedback because it Um, It makes me believe that I am on the right track, exactly where I need to be, and I'm going to continue to explore this path and see how I can help and do my share. So again, I thank you. And if you're open to it, if you're listening to this on a podcast thingy that allows space for feedback, man, I'd really appreciate if you went and gave some kind of review preferably positive. If you don't have anything nice to say, then I don't know, maybe keep that one to yourself. But I really appreciate if you're willing to take that time. And if you think you know somebody that you think could benefit from this work, then please share it, spread the word, join the movement. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a terrific day.